words fail, try music, try pictures. I used to say, every time I see somebody with a camera, I say, keep in mind that they hoped the pen would be mightier than the sword. It wasn't. Perhaps the lens could be. You can leap the language barrier. And there's other arts, dancing, food, greatest of all. We have festivals up and down the Hudson River. A shadfish festival in May, a strawberry shortcake festival in June, corn festival in August, a pumpkin festival in October. And people who might highly disapprove of my politics or come down, they see this beautiful, beautiful sailboat. A man once said to me, Seeger, don't think I agree with you, not one-tenth of one percent, but that sure is a beautiful boat. <laughs> This is Albuquerque Now. We're back with Dr. Corey Hill, sharing his thoughts, talking about stories, stories we were raised with. In this portion, Dr. Corey discusses his experiences, how they can be applied to living in our current world situation, living with the pandemic. Stories can do so much to ground us and give us an understanding of our belonging. Because like I said, they, can, they teach us, if you listen to them, and you, and you really listen to them, and you understand them, and you sit with them, stories have a way of being able to not only tell us of where we're at, and how we've come to be in those places, but like I said a while ago, it, they can tell us how we interact and engage and rely on each other but you know you always have this people who will just oh well these are just stories these are just stories if you think about it everything that we do is a story there's a story behind everything that happens in our lives everything that happens in the world around us is tied in one way shape or form to a story it's connected to each other in a way but we oftentimes don't view the world like that. We often view the world as linear, that there's a point A and a point B, and there's a journey between there. We don't understand the point C, the point D, the point A1, A2, A3, going back to A, <laughs> jumping to D, coming back over to B. The world isn't linear. Our stories aren't linear. Our stories are connected. When we think of stories that way, and we think of how stories connect into our daily lives, and not just not just from an indigenous perspective, but from a you know from from a human perspective, our stories will teach us lessons. What we've been through, our lived experiences, will teach us lessons. We learn from our stories. We learn from other people's stories, but yet. Many still have this idea that we're not connected or we're independent of each other. And so I think as we move, I think we begin to see a shift in that. I think we begin to see a shift of understanding our stories and understanding how those stories can help center ourselves and help really kind of place us, not necessarily in a mindset, but place us in a, in a us in a way that where we can really begin to understand each other's stories and learn from each other's stories because oftentimes it, it's you more so i'm gonna have all my history people coming after me um 
more so in, in, with history, we tell selective stories. And I hear it all the time, especially working in, um, you know, I'm, I'm an adjunct faculty at Baycomb College in the Division of American Indian Studies, so I teach and I, I, I teach also in uh, American Indian and Native American Studies. And we hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. You know, oh well, Natives lost the war. Well, there's this little thing called a treaty that is an agreement between two sovereign nations. We Native tribes up and down this country went into these treaty negotiations with the United States. There's a story there that's not told. There's a story of the legal obligation the U.S. government has to Native tribes. And there's the story of those obligations not being upheld. But because we don't tell those stories, it's the rhetoric of, oh, well, they lost the war. No, we negotiated in good faith. Where's that faith gotten us? Yeah, that's a challenge. You know, the recent pandemic that we've been through, I just have to bring that out just a little bit because I know the amount of isolation that has been caused by this last year especially. Yeah, we're all breathing a sigh of relief. We're getting over this, or we think we are. The groundwork that you spoke about as far as interconnection, how does, in your thoughts, view this as offsetting that isolating feeling between people? How, how does that work as far as, I don't know, is combating it the right word? But basically getting through it. I would use the word healing. Healing. Whether we want to say it or not, as human beings, we are a community-driven being. We've always sought or always needed to be able to be in community with others. Whether that's a small, a small group of people or a large group of people or an entire city for some people, there's an inherent need to be in community, I feel. Sometimes we fight it. Sometimes we have, and I'm not saying we have to be around people 24-7. You know, we, there does have to be times where we have to be alone or we have to be that, that individual. But I think this pandemic really forced, really forced a lot of people to be alone. And I think as we begin to come out of it, there's going to have to be a lot of healing. And we see that, I, know, I see that a lot in my home community. We, we had one of our first dances last month in April. It was still very much of a, a, a very few people were allowed there. Only only certain people were allowed that were a part of the dance, and it was still virtual. We didn't have the regular um, participants or the regular spectators or vendors or anything like that. And I remember as we were getting so there was probably less than thirty of us in a very big gym that was going to put this dance on, and then we were we made it virtual so people could watch from home. And I think my uncle, my uncle said it best. He said, you know, this is the first time in a year and a half that a lot of these families have been able to gather like this. And we see the caught that we see the result. So many empty chairs. Wow. So many laughs that we didn't hear. So many voices we didn't hear singing. So many people we didn't see dancing. It's not just the isolation we'll have to heal from, it's the loss that we have to heal from. You know, for me, within my family and my community, I started, I stopped counting after 60 deaths. Like, I couldn't. And so that community is going to be a big part. I, don't, I, don't, I, think, it's, I think that, I, I strongly believe that's going to hold true across the board. Not just for Native communities, not, it's going to hold true for all communities, for all people. 
that this sense of community or this sense of interconnectedness with with you know some may call them their their fa- their chosen family or their you know friends or um, neighbors <laughs> you know as we sit here and go through here that interconnectedness is is going to be needed for healing because there's been so much loss over the last year and a half and I, I don't I think that's I think that's going to be seen as we get back into what the new norm is going to be after this pandemic and we begin to see not just in the native community but in other communities those empty chairs or those laughs that we don't hear or that slip up where we say someone's name and forget they're not there they're not there yeah that's where I think that interconnectedness is going to come in. It's going to help with our self-isolation, but I think with that isolation piece to pull us out, there's going to have to be healing. Because I think everyone, everyone will come out of this pandemic hearing a story or being a part of a story that was that ending story for someone else. Right. Absolutely right. And now we have to continue those stories. While that story might have ended, that story is now part of our story. We got to move forward with them. We got to continue on. And we got to do what we got to do to honor those stories that we carry with us now. And that's how you can also honor yourself, huh? Well, Corey, amazing, man. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so much. I am so pleased that you had the time to come and share your points of view. And uh, I know some of it's really hard to experience, you know, because people don't realize how important this particular topic really is in their lives. And you brought those pieces out in your discussion. You made it very clear. And I hope the people listening, both here in Albuquerque and wherever, can take this in and receive it. This is Dave and Corey from Albuquerque now.